Oi, oi, stop, stop, stop it, stop. I know it's my birthday, but stop, stop. We've got to have some professionalism. We've got to have some professionalism. Yes, it's my birthday, and we should be celebrating. Stop it. Stop, turn it down, turn it down, turn it down. Oh, screw it, it's a good tune. Happy birthday Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. Hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Red Head Boy podcast. Hosted by me, Harry Allen, and that song to open the show was the classic Stevie Wonder Happy Birthday song. And if you didn't guess, today is my birthday, everyone. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I am turning 26 today on the 20th of May, and hopefully, it will be a beautiful day when this comes out on the 20th of May. And today is going to be a special one because I am going to be chatting about all about my favourite films that came out in the year of my birth, 1994. What a good year. So I'm going to have a super fun talking about all my favourite films that came out when I came out, pretty much. (laughs) Can't believe I said that kind of disturbing but yes this is what the episode 10 is gonna be it's gonna be fun guys it's gonna be fun and before I forget he probably doesn't listen but a very happy birthday as well to my twin brother Jack Allen happy birthday bro hope you're keeping safe and hope to see you soon anyway enough of this sentimental stuff let's begin this episode Now you heard what I said, so let's crack on with my best 1994 films. With my first one, now guys, this isn't going to be like a number list, it's just going to be completely random. So the first one is Four Weddings and a Funeral, starring Hugh Grant and superbly written by Richard Curtis. Now, before I talk about it, let's play a clip. Bernard, 
Repeat after me. I do solemnly declare. I do solemnly declare. That I know not of any lawful impediment. That I know not of any lawful impediment. Why I, Lydia. Why I, Bernard. L sorry. Why I, Bernard Godfrey St. John Delaney. Why I, Bernard Geoffrey St. John Delaney. May not be joined in matrimony to Lydia John Hibbert. May not be joined in matrimony to Lydia Jane Hibbert. Lydia, repeat after me. I do solemnly declare. I do solemnly declare. That I know not of any lawful impediment. That I know not of any lawful impediment. Why I, Lydia Jane. Hibbert. Why I, Lydia Jane Hibbert, may not be joined in matrimony. May not be joined in matrimony to Bernard Geoffrey Sigil Delaney. To Bernard Geoffrey Sinjin Delaney. I call upon those persons here present to witness. I call upon those persons here present to witness that I, Bernard, Delaney, that I, Bernard Delaney, do take thee, Lydia Jane Hibbert, to take thee, Lydia Jane Hibbert, to be my awful wedded wife to be my lawful wedded wife. That's right, that's right. May almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. <laughs> oh god that's such a classic scene in four weddings when ronaxon is <laughs> performing his very first wedding and is severely cocking it up <laughs> such a comedic genius that ronaxon is oh what can i say about this film I know it's a romantic comedy, but I super love this film. It just, for me, it sums up British. And I'm sorry about the noisy birds. I have some very noisy birds outside right now. <laughs> so yeah, no, Four Weddings is it's such a classic film. If you guys haven't watched it, you desperately need to and it's about these group of friends uh, that I believe 
met through university and have kept extremely close. And the film spans over a course of five social occasions, four weddings and a funeral. Hence the key in the title. Hugh Grant is in the lead role. This is like Hugh Grant's first leading role in a rom-com. And he's classic in this. His classic Hugh grant arisms, let's say, with his signature 90s floppy hair. Yes, his name is Charles. Hello, Charles. Hello, Charles. And, yeah, we have an amazing cast in this, including, oh, I can't say a name, can't say a name, so I'm get I'm going to get the computer to read out my dyslexic brain. <laughs> ready, 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 ready. Andy McDonnell. Yeah, Andy McDonald, Andy McDonnell, uh, the American actress. Uh, the great Kirsten Scott Thomas, she's amazing in this. John Hanna, yeah, the cast are great in this. And it's a real, even though Hugh Grant is the main character in this film and the main focus, the thing that makes this film for me is the group dynamic. Uh, yeah, the group that you follow in this film. Yeah, they're super hilarious. Uh, including Gareth, which he is this larger-than-life guy, kilt-wearing, the leader of the pack, really, the wise one of the pack. You know when you have a group of friends and you have the older one, that gives the younger one advice. And obviously the thing that makes this film stand out is just the masterful and super funny writing of the great Richard Curtis. Obviously Hugh Grant and Richard Curtis have worked together several times after this, including Love Actually, uh, Love Actually, go, I've gone blank now. And Notting Hill. So they are good friends. But yes, this is the very first rom-com that set Hugh Grant off into the days where he just did rom-coms. I like Hugh Grant now because he's sort of turned into a character actor rather than stuck in this cliché character that he played that started from Four Weddings but definitely check out Four Weddings Four Weddings and a Funeral definitely check it out and that's my first one on the list and now it's time to jump into the realm of animation and my second one of best films of 1994 is The Lion King now before I chat about it let's play that Clip. Mm. 
Simba. Sun, before sunrise, he's your son. Dad, come on, Dad. You promised. Okay, okay. I'm up, I'm up. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Wow. A king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. One day, Simba, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. And this will all be mine? Everything. Everything the light touches. What about that shadowy place? That's beyond our borders. You must never go there, Simba. But I thought a king can do whatever he wants. Oh, there's more to being king than getting your way all the time. There's more? <laughs> Simba. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. As king, you need to understand that balance and respect all the creatures, from the crawling ant to the leaping antelope. But Dad, don't we eat the antelope? Yes, Simba, but let me explain. When we die, our bodies become... And that was a little clip from the animated Lion King. Oh, I have such fond memories of this film. I'm not going to bother explaining what it's about, because if you haven't seen The Lion King, then you've obviously been under Pride Rock too long. <laughs> uh, this is such a classic... Disney animation later in to Disney's animation history obviously about a young prince trying to figure out where he belongs and having to deal with a family tragedy. I think the standout for most people, most 90s kids that grew up watching this film is definitely the music. Uh, the music is beautiful, uh, done by Elton John. Elton John has some beautiful music in this film. And the animation is beautiful as well. Great bright colours, so vibrant looking. Such a feast for the young person's eye. Yeah, so... If you haven't seen The Lion King, or you haven't shown your kids The Lion King, the animated one, not the new one, because sadly I'm a huge fan, huge, huge fan of John Favreau, huge, huge fan, but I didn't think much of the CGI version of The Lion King. It just didn't have the soul 
that this 1994 version has. So definitely go and watch that. Because it's the circle of life and it heals your soul. Also, I'll stop singing because I will deafen you. But also, if you haven't seen The Lion King on stage, go see it. I've seen it twice and it's beautiful and the craftsmanship is amazing. So watch this film, then book your tickets when the theatres reopen after this crappy coronavirus and go see The Lion King on stage. Now it's time to do the next one on my cheeky list. And it just happens to be the Tom Hanks classic, Forrest Gump. Here's a clip. God, what's your sole purpose in this army? To do whatever you tell me, drill sergeant. God damn it, Gump. You're a goddamn genius. That's the most outstanding answer I've ever heard. You must have a goddamn IQ of 160. You are goddamn gifted, Private Gump. Listen up, people. Now, for some reason, I fit in the army like one of them round pegs. It's not really hard. You just make your bed real neat and remember to stand up straight and always answer every question with, yes, drill sergeant. Is that clear? Yes, drill sergeant! What you do is you just drag your nets along the buck. On a good day, you can catch over 100 pounds of shrimp. Everything goes all right. Two men, shrimp in 10 hours, less what you spend on gas. You can Done, drill sergeant! Go! Why did you put that weapon together so quickly, go? You told me to, drill sergeant. Jesus H. Christ! This is a new company record. If it wouldn't be a waste of such a damn fine enlisted man, I'd recommend you for OCS, Private Gump. You are going to be a general someday, Gump. Now, disassemble your weapon and continue. Anyway, like I was saying, shrimp is the fruit of the sea. You can barbecue it, boil it, broil it, bake it, saute it. There's um, shrimp kebabs, shrimp creole, shrimp gumbo, pan fried, deep fried, stir fried. There's pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, coconut shrimp, pepper shrimp, shrimp soup, shrimp stew, shrimp salad, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp burger, shrimp sandwich. That's, that's about it. This film has so many classic scenes. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, the uh, Tom Hanks is brilliant in this film. Forrest Gump came out in on the 7th of October in 1994 here in the UK and directed by Robert Zemeckis, the great Robert Zemeckis. And Tom Hanks is just brilliant in this film, playing the lead role of Forrest Gump, a 
low IQ man. Let's just say, for the people that haven't seen it, he just ends up travelling through life in some very, some very clever key moments of history. I love how the film ties in footage from, like, the Vietnam War to Forrest Gump meeting JFK. There's some brilliant moments, and this is such a super heartwarming film. Uh, yeah. And all that he wants to do is be with his love, which is Jenny. Because me and Jenny like peas and carrots. <laughs> Some great lines in this film. Yeah, so you got Tom Hanks. You also got the amazing... Oh, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Sorry. I like that I can't find her on the cast list now. Uh, you got Sally Field playing his mum. And, yeah, there's just great moments in this film. And also, there's a great score. The score's great. So, if you guys are a fan of film scores, I'd check it out. It's a lovely, a lovely, uh, a lovely score. Beautiful, beautiful score. Also, I used to sort of relate to this film because at the beginning... Forrest has to wear these things on his legs to help him walk called gaiters. Well, his versions are like an older version because this is, the film is set in the 60s, 70s. So probably 50s when he's young and he has to wear uh, these things, these metal gaiters that help him walk, like splints. And when I was younger, because of my disability I had to wear splints as gaiters and my older brothers my older brother used to go run Forrest run which is a quote from the film uh, also the woman not the woman the actress that plays Forrest's love of his life Jenny is sub superbly acted by Robin Wright the actor that is famous for House of Cards. So if you guys haven't seen Forrest Gump, I definitely recommend you go check it out. Just because it's a adventure of a film and it's just a real heart warmer. Next up on my list is something a little more serious, a bit of a drama, and it's the film... Legend of the Fall. Let's play a little clip. Well, your mother has told me all about one stab. She says that he was a great warrior. Oh, yes. He has a bag of scalps hidden away somewhere to prove it, too. But don't worry. He's, uh, <laughs> he's devoted to father now. Or rather, they're devoted to each other. Can he speak English? Stab? Speak English? <laughs> he wouldn't lower himself to speak English, would you, Stab? Uh. Oh, uh, watch out, because he understands it perfectly well. Hey, there's Tristan. Did they feed you up there? 
miss me, did you? Still hungover? Yeah, drunk. So this is Tristan. And does he speak English? <laughs> Tristan, for God's sake. <laughs> Finn Cannon. It's a pleasure to meet you. I hope you and Ugly here find every happiness together. Momotoma Smell. Don't mind my brother. Your uh, dog has more breeding than he has. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, watched the trailer for Legend of the Fall as that clip was playing, and I forget how much of a roller coaster this film is. So I'd hundred percent recommend before sitting down to this film. You've got to prepare yourself because this film has some real highs and some real lows. Uh, starring a very good-looking Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins. And the film is about three brothers and they're living with their father out in the wilderness in the 1900s in the US. And everything changes when their youngest brother comes home with his fiance. And that's all I'm going to tell you. That's all I'm going to tell you because you need to experience this roller coaster of a film. Yeah. Yeah, I need to rewatch this one. Uh watching the trailer, I remember how beautiful the score is in this film. And Brad Pitt the entire cast are brilliant in this film. Brad Pitt plays the middle brother of the three brothers. And he is like the wild brother of the three. Um, and he has grown up in the wilderness with his father and with his brothers, but also with the Native Americans that live nearby. So he very much believes in the Native American culture and it makes Brad Pitt's character extremely interesting. Yeah, I would describe the film as love, loss and madness really. 
this girl comes into these three brothers' lives and the dad, and it just all goes to shit. <laughs> so I 100% you go and watch this classic drama. Yeah, classic drama, directed by Edward Zedwick. Edward Zedwick. Let me see what else. Let me see what else he's directed, actually. Uh, yeah, let's have a look, let's have a look, let's have a look, let's have a look. Do, 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 do. Yeah, he's directed some great films, including There Will Be Blood. Great film. De De Deliverance with Daniel Craig. That's a great film. He's directed The Last Samurai. Yeah, so this director super knows what he's doing and knows how to deal with a heavy subject matter. So... Definitely go check out Legends of a Fall. Also, just go out, go and watch it just to appreciate a youthful looking Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, we're speeding through these. We're speeding through. I think my reviews are getting better. I hope you guys agree. I know uh, some of the reviews from my previous podcasts did sort of drag on. So I like to keep them, try and keep them fast paced. And the next one on the list is the classic Quentin Tarantino film, Pulp Fiction. Let's play a clip. So tell me again about the hash brown. Okay, what you want to know? Hash is legal there, right? That's legal, but ain't 100% legal. I mean, you just can't walk into a restaurant, roll the joint, and start puffing away. I mean, they want you to smoke in your home or certain designated places. And those are hash brown. Yeah, it breaks down like this, okay. It's, it's legal to buy it. It's legal to own it. And if you're the proprietor of a hash bar, it's legal to sell it. It's legal to carry it, but but, but that doesn't matter, because get a load of this, all right? If you get stopped by a cop in Amsterdam, it's illegal for them to search you. I mean, that's the right that cops in Amsterdam don't have. Oh, man, I'm going. That's all it is to it. I'm fucking going. <laughs> no, baby, you dig it the most. But you know what the funniest thing about Europe is? What? It's a little differences. I mean, they got the same shit over there that they got here, but it's just, it's just there, it's a little different. Example. All right, well, you can walk into a movie theater in Amsterdam and buy a beer. And I don't mean just like a little paper cup. I'm talking about a glass of beer. And in Paris, you can buy a beer in McDonald's. And you know what they call a, a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? Oh, man, they got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. And what do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. What do they call a Big Mac? Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it Le Big Mac. Le Big Mac. <laughs> what do they call it, Wobbly? I don't know. I didn't go on a Burger King. You know what they put on French fries in Holland instead of ketchup? What? Mayonnaise. <laughs> I've seen them do it, man. They fucking drown them in that shit. We should have shotguns with this kind of deal. Up there. Three or four. Let's count our guy. Not you. So that means it could be up to five guys up there? It's possible. We should have fucking shotguns.
Gotta love a royale with cheese. That is a classic scene from Quentin's great, great film that is Pulp Fiction. I have to admit, I was late to the party of Quentin Tarantino, to be honest. Uh, It was only maybe about two or three years ago. Um, I have a friend, John Golden, shout out. Uh, He is a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino, as a load of people are. And he said I needed to check out this guy's work. Obviously, I'd heard of him. Uh, but I hadn't got round to watching any of his films. So I spent maybe like a week or a week and a half just watching all of his films from his first film, Reservoir Dogs, to now. I've watched his most recent one. I watched it in the cinema, actually. In IMAX, I think. Yeah, no, I watched it in IMAX in Chichester, in West Sussex. And... Uh, yeah, his latest one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, starring Brad Pitt, uh, which he won for Best Supporting Actor. He won the Oscar for. Uh, I definitely need to check that one out again. I need to re-watch it because, yeah, I wasn't 100% sure if I liked it. So I need to rewatch it. But anyway, anyway, I digress. So Pulp Fiction... There's just so many good moments in this film. Also, such clever dialogue writing and clever story writing. The film cleverly ties in and is cleverly told through a non-linear narrative. Whenever I watch a film that is non-linear, I always take my hat off to the scriptwriter which is also, and always is, Quentin Tarantino. And, yeah, yeah, the non-linear writing is brilliant. Uh, The film is set around, is it set in LA? I think it might be set in LA, actually. And it's set around the crime, crime uh, area or crime part of LA and stars a great cast including John Travolta, Samuel Jackson, Uma Thurman. There's a great bit where they pull up, which I'm sure you guys know, where they pull up to a burger joint and uh, John Travolta's character is unsure about going in and Uma Thurman's character goes, don't be so square. And a rectangle appears on the screen. <laughs> yeah, and also, uh, yeah, there's a great dance scene in, in the diner scene as well. Yeah, Bruce Willis is in this film as well. There's a stellar class, a stellar cast, excuse me, in this film. And as always, there is an amazing soundtrack in this film as there is with all of Quentin Tarantino's films so if you haven't already go and check out Pulp Fiction and we're on to the last one of my list oh that did go super quick 
And I just think it's perfect the way the list has shaped out. And my last one on my list is, to be honest, one of my favourite films of all time. The Shawshank Redemption. And let's listen to a clip. I'm Andy Dufresne. Wife-killing banker. Why'd you do it? I didn't, since you ask. <laughs> you can fit right in. Everybody in here is innocent. Didn't you know that? Hey, what you in here for? Didn't do it. Lawyer fucked me. Rumor has it you're a real cold fish. You think your shit smells sweeter than most. Is that right? What do you think? I'll tell you the truth. I had made up my mind. <laughs> I understand you're a man that knows how to get things. I'm known to locate certain things from time to time. I wonder if you might get me a rock hammer. A what? A rock hammer. What is it and why? What do you care? Well, if it was a toothbrush, I wouldn't ask questions. I'd just quote a price. But then a toothbrush is a non-lethal object, isn't it? Fair enough. Rock hammer is about six or seven inches long. Looks like a miniature pickaxe. Pickaxe? For rocks. Rocks. Quartz? Quartz. Some mica. Shale. Limestone. So? So I'm a rock hound. At least I was in my old life. I'd like to be again on a limited basis. Or maybe you'd like to sink your toe into somebody's skull. No, sir. No, I have no enemies here. No? Wait a while. Where he gets around. The sisters have taken quite a liking to you. Especially Boggs. Don't suppose it would help any if I explained to them I'm not homosexual. Neither are they. They have to be human first. They don't qualify. Pull queers, take by force. That's all they want or understand. But if I were you, I'd grow eyes in the back of my head. Thanks for the advice. Well, that's free. You understand my concern. Well, if there's any trouble, I won't use the rock hammer, OK? Then I'd guess you want to escape. Tunnel under the wall, maybe. <laughs> if I miss something here, what's funny? You understand when you see the rock hammer. An item like this usually to go for. Seven dollars in a rock and gem shop. My normal markup is twenty percent, but this is a specialty item. Risk goes up, price goes up. It's making an even ten bucks. Ten it is. Waste of money if you ask me. Why is that? Oh. Folks around this joint love surprise inspections. They find it, you're gonna lose it. They do catch you with it. You don't know me. You mentioned my name. We'd never do business again. Not for shoelaces or a stick of gum. Now, you got that? I understand. Thank you, Mr. Uh... Red. Name's Red. Red. Why do they call you that? Maybe it's because I'm Irish. I just love this film. 
the Shawshank Redemption for just so many reasons. I've watched it so many times and listening to that clip that I just played you, I think I just got to watch it again. Uh, I desperately need to get it on Blu-ray to add to my ever-growing Blu-ray collection. Uh, beautifully directed by Frank Dumbard. Dumbard, I think. I think. Let's... Frank, 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 Frank. I got, I got his name in front of my face, but most of the time it's my dyslexic brain and I struggle with names. Ready? Frank Darabond. Frank Darabond. There you go. I got it. So... This is such a beautiful film, beautifully written as well, such a good script. An amazing cast, starring Tim Robbins as Andy Dufresne, Morgan Freeman as Red. And these two, this acting duo, are powerhouse in this film. And I just love this little quote here that... Letterboxed has at the top of the film's page. Fear can hold you prisoner. Hope can set you free. And that's what the film is. So the film is about a framed banker in 1940s. He is sent down for double murder of his wife and her lover. Tim Robbins plays the lead character, Andy, and Morgan Freeman plays, let's just describe him as how he describes himself in the film, the man who can get things, the guy that's in prison that knows how to get things on the inside. And also Morgan Freeman is a beautiful narrator in this film. Yeah. I think this was the film that started Morgan Freeman's voiceover career because his tone and his diction in this film is beautiful. Great storytelling, so many ups and downs, so many cheerful bits and so many deeply howering bits, uh, scenes in this film. And there's another great line in the film where Andy Dufresne goes, get, bu get busy living, get busy dying. And I've always sort of carried that saying with me. Uh, I think that's what all of us as human beings should take with us, to be honest, because we only have a short amount of time on this earth and we should just get busy living and do what we want to do. And don't worry about... You know, try not to worry about all the mundane and boring shit. But anyway, <laughs> this film is just so dear to my heart. And again, a beautiful score. Uh, beautifully shot by the great Roger Deakins. I listened to a conversation with Roger Deakins the other day and he said that this film was such a ball ache to shoot because they shot in an actual prison 
And you can see by the film that it was probably extremely dark <laughs> in the interiors of the prison. And that is true. Roger Deakins said how much of an how much of a headache it was to light the interior of the prison. Uh but he but he also said how much he loved doing that film just solely solely on the script and I have a copy of a hard copy of the script uh, which I need to sit down and read properly but yeah that is the end of my list of the films of 19... And that was my own personal list for Best Films of 1994. You guys let me know what your favourite films of that year was. It would be interesting. Let's have a discussion. Put the comments. Comment on this on this podcast on YouTube and on the Facebook page for the podcast at the Redhead Boy Podcast. Let me know what your favourite films of 1994 was. Thank you guys for listening. I've super enjoyed doing this episode, especially since it's on my birthday. Well, it's not really on my birthday. I'm not that dedicated. I am recording it before my birthday, which, talking to my future self, I hope you're having a lovely day. (laughs) Hope you're having a lovely day, mate. Hope you're having a lovely birthday. Uh, Yeah, so thank you guys for listening. I'm super excited of what we've got coming up on the podcast. I've got some super cool, creative people coming on in the next few weeks so as always that is the end of episode 10 of the podcast and I'm going to end with something a little light-hearted but first I'm going to dedicate this episode to my lovely mum the woman that brought me into this world Cressida Allen I love you so much mum and I super miss you from all this coronavirus and we'll hopefully get to see you soon on my birthday or around my birthday so I love you lots love all the family love you too dad love you so much and until next time you guys take care I know at the moment it's a little bit of a confusing dark time but Let's listen to this wise man to explain what Boris struggled to the other day. Can't actually remember the last time we ended up out-out. You know what I mean by this, don't you? The fact that in the UK we drink so much, we have different levels of being out, different types. I'll talk you through them. You pop out just to go to the shops, you've got to get a couple of bits, and you bump into a friend who says, should we have a quick drink? And you go, yeah, only a quick one, though, because I'm very busy. Three hours later, you're still in the pub. 
And then what happens is the evening people come in. These people are going out properly. These people are going what we like to call out-out. <laughs> now, the out-out people come up to you, don't they? And they go, you're going to come out with us? And you go, Pum. I can't come out-out. <laughs> I didn't even come out. <laughs> I only popped out. <laughs> the out-out people don't want to hear this. They look at you, they go, look, you popped out. You've ended up out. <laughs> you might as well come out out. <laughs> if you've got just the right amount of alcohol in your system, you look at them, you go, you know what? I'm coming out out. <laughs> Five hours later, you're in some horrendous nightclub. Sinatra's or Cinderella's, some hellhole. <laughs> you're drunk now. And you feel you've got a crazy story for everybody. <laughs> and you walk up to people. You go, do you know what? I didn't even come out. <laughs> I only popped out. <laughs> now look at me. I'm out, out. <laughs> I think the reason you feel so compelled to keep telling this rather long-winded story, because you're standing there in your carpet slippers. <laughs> with a pint of milk and a cut loaf. <laughs> 